0: I hope that your heart is, has been touched today, and allow the Holy Spirit to move in you and through you. Uh, this morning, if I get started with my message, I've asked Brother Alvin Zechariah to come and share his story. let's give me that mic, please. Thank you. About how God has uh, worked in his heart and his life, and the journey that God has taken him on. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to. Okay, thank you, uh, it, It's a beautiful thing to, to listen to people's stories and uh, and the more that you hear their story, the more you value them and appreciate them, and can understand who they are. And so today, Alan, come on up and uh, and let him share his story before I get started my message today because it will all tie together. Uh, what a blessing! Give him a hand. Amen. Not need any of that, so I'll move that out of your way okay
1: <laughs> Hello greetings to all of you in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to thank um, Pastor Alvin uh, for giving me this opportunity and I also want to thank uh, all of you for uh, accepting us into your family and uh, being a source of encouragement to us and uh, the reason I'm here is today. To encourage you, all of you, how many of you are happy today because everything's going fine? <laughs> and how many of you are happy today because Jesus is alive? <laughs> I'm going to show you proof. Uh, I'm one of those guys. Uh, I was blessed to be born in a God-fearing family. My dad was a minister, a preacher, whatever it might be, and. Uh, my mom was a believer. Probably the first thing I heard when I was born was, praise God, or Jesus is alive, or my mom always says, by the blood of Jesus, and, uh, but I grew up, you remember Thomas, uh, Jesus was there, yes, we have a God, um, there is Christianity, but I always look for proof. So today, I want to give you proof. If you see there, that's the proof that Jesus is alive. Many people ask me that uh, in my life, uh, we've been, God has taken us to different places. And uh, and remember Thomas, he said, oh, oh yeah, Jesus rose from the dead, but I want to really see him. I'm going to put my wife and kids on the spot, and I'm going to show you real living proof that Jesus is alive. So can you please let them stand? <laughs> that, that was not part of the plan. <laughs> And uh, that's my lovely wife, Sunita, and my mother-in-law. And uh, those two little kids, they are not supposed to be here. Uh, I'm not exaggerating. And uh, later on, if you come to me in person, I can give you proof with graphic details, okay? <laughs> and um, me and my wife, we were born in India, where there are more than one billion people. And India has the second largest Muslim population in the world. Many people do not know that. And probably one of the largest Christian population in the world. Probably equal to or even more than United States. Because out of one billion, even if it's two or five percent, it's a lot. And, and we were one among them. Some of us might think that we are insignificant. Even we might be one in a billion, but the Lord knows us by name and he cares for us. He has a plan for each and every one of us. And uh, we were very insignificant people, but we had the opportunity. The greatest thing our parents gave us was that they presented Jesus Christ. But then we didn't become believers overnight. And uh, me and my uh, wife, uh, while we were in college, we experienced Jesus Christ. And life was never the same again, I can promise you. I can tell you, I can guarantee you when we have Jesus in our hearts, life is never the same. And uh, I I can talk for hours, but I'm going to mention two things which God did in our lives to encourage you. And uh, the doctors told us that my wife cannot have kids medically. And uh, so for many, many, like probably... um, Around 10 years, we spent all of our fortunes. God had blessed us with good education and uh, uh, good money, and we had we spent all the money trying to resolve that issue because uh, the culture I come from, if you do not have children, it's very bad. And especially if you proclaim the word of God, uh, people tell you that, oh, there's a curse in your life, something like that. So we did everything. And I remember um, the best. Uh, we used to live in a... a we, we come from India, but, uh, but we used to live in a country called Singapore. Very beautiful country, very developed country, uh, sometimes more developed than the United States in many ways because they test all the cutting-edge technologies in that country. And I went to the best doctor in town, and he told me, um, I am working on your wife because if she gives birth, that will be history. I've been in this profession for 20 years, but I have never seen anybody like your wife conceiving. But if that happens, it'll, she'll be an encouragement to everybody. So he, was, he told this after I spent like more than $100,000, okay? <laughs> he should have told me that earlier. <laughs> because he always told me, oh, everything will be fine. And uh, we tried everything. But when the appointed time came, the Lord brought us to the United States. And when the appointed time came, Jesus came. He's alive. The Lord defied science. He defied medicine. And he defied nature, and I have both these kids today. It's a miracle. (laughs) And I have nothing to brag about. With all humility, I'm telling you this not to brag. Or I I do not. Honestly, I do not deserve this. I I didn't give up. I always trusted the Lord. Even if He was going to give us kids or not, I was still going to serve Him. But my wife and my mother-in-law, they didn't give up. Every day, Lord, I want a child. I want a child. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I said, we can adopt a child. We can do this, do that. They wouldn't give up. And the Lord uh, didn't uh, put them to shame. And thank I thank and praise God for that. And uh, one more thing. Uh, the Lord had blessed us. We came from very humble beginnings. And he took us around the world and gave us the best education anybody can think about. And both of us, uh, we struggled a lot. But when we came to the States... Uh, God led us to people who recognized us. But we were at the lower levels of our career our employment, and we accepted that because in our country, uh, where I come from, if you're a foreigner, you'll be treated s- differently. Okay. People complain about the United States. Ask them to go go around the world and see. <laughs> this is one of the best countries in the world. And uh, so we accepted that. Okay, it'll be like our country, and uh, like Singapore. Uh, we and we worked in big corporations. So we were very happy, always carrying our blackberries and stuff, working all the time, and happy with that. And uh, uh, we, had, we made good money, uh, uh, good pension plans, everything. We were satisfied, and our life was going like that. And one day, S- Lord intervened again. Everything changed. I lost everything overnight. And I got the bad news, and I called my wife. She was in tears. And but the peace of God came, because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And uh, when we serve Jesus, things work differently, because he takes care of us, because we don't put our eyes. I knew that the Lord brought me here to the United States. My company, or my employer, or my relatives, or nobody brought me here. The Lord brought me to United States, so I knew that he will sustain us. So I sat, and I started writing, uh, trying to see how I can survive. They said in two months things are going to change. And I realized I was going to lose my home. I was going to lose at least one of my cars. And uh, probably uh, just to feed my kids, I would have to probably take them out from childcare, school, whatever it might be, and survive. And also at that time we didn't have proper, you know, it was very difficult to uh, become a resident of the United States. It's very, very difficult. Takes years. I have friends who are waiting for 20 years. And we've been here for uh, other times, six or seven years. And there was a a fear of uh, being deported because if we do not have employment, we are supposed to be deported. And then (coughs) uh, that was reality. But then I cannot explain to you the law changed everything. It didn't happen overnight. The past two years, the Lord worked in our lives, and I can tell you, I kept my home, mm-hmm. and I kept both my cars, and look at me and my wife. Do we look like we are even hungry? Yeah. <laughs> he gave us the best. He brought people in our lives. He, got, he brought things in our lives, and things changed. We were very happy because we, 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 w- we, wanted, less, we wanted to settle at a mediocre level. The Lord, in our uh, career and employment situations, the Lord changed things dramatically, especially during the past three to six months, things changed very much. I don't want to go into the details, but uh, for me and my wife, the Lord blessed us and, ga- and multiplied what we had, uh, like probably 10 times or 20 times. And I want to thank and praise God. I just want to encourage you with one more verse when I, while I finish. Always remember this verse. These verses didn't make much sense to me before I went through all these things. I've read these verses many times, and the preachers preach. You know, I I had preached. I heard my father preach. Jesus is alive, okay? But I experienced it. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I can tell you today, with confidence, there is nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing is hard for the Lord. You might be going in a situation, might not be exactly like what we went through, but might be something different. Doesn't matter. Could be a small thing. Could be a day-to-day thing or it could be a major crisis, could be a Jericho wall, but at the appointed time, he will come and you'll have the visitation. And then also I want to encourage you finally with this word, with human beings, we have limitations. This is impossible for human beings, but with God, all things are possible. Amen. Praise the Lord.
0: Sorry, i get my mic on here. <clears throat> as you face life, we all have different stories, and we've all gone through various things in our life. Amen? Uh, today, I want to begin a brand new series called Taking Great Steps with God. Taking great steps of faith with God. Now, as you know, whether you realize this or not, from the moment that you came into this world, God had a plan for you. And his plan, first and foremost, is that you know him. And you know him through faith in Jesus Christ. And out of that, that's just the beginning. God has a plan, but once you become a born again believer in Jesus Christ, in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, he says this For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many. Brethren, God's plan is to conform us all to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what He desires to do. Today, as we launch into our new series, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Amen? Joshua chapter 1, it says, And after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I have promised Moses where you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. You know what's amazing about God? God is already speaking those things that have already taken place and yet they have not been manifested to them yet. That's how God speaks, okay? You have to understand, that's how God thinks. We often think, well, I have it when I what? When I get it. You see, God already speaks and helps us to see. That's what faith is, is speaking those things as though they are. Amen? And so as he goes on here, he says, From the Negev wilderness in the south to Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There's a word all of us can identify with here this morning, and that is this, transition. We've all faced transition in life. As a matter of fact, you will go through many transitions in your life. The Bible tells us in in, in Webster, not the Bible, but Webster tells us, it defines uh, transition as this. It is a passing from one condition, one form, one stage, or one activity, or one place, and we can go on and on to another. In our text this morning, Joshua and the Israelites are in the transition. They are in the process. I can't hack it no more. My doctor will forgive me, I know. Anyway, they are in the process of moving from, watch this, a desert life experience to the abundant, fruitful life that God has for them. You see, from being a spiritual baby to becoming a spiritual adult, they are moving from a, a sense of defensiveness to active, offensive, spiritual warfare. They're moving from a people of under the law to a people of grace. They are transitioning from bondage to freedom. They're moving from the leadership of Moses to the leadership of Joshua. It is a time of transition. Now, I want to encourage you with this here this morning, church. God is doing a new thing in the life of his people. God is doing a new thing in the life of his people. Now watch this. This morning you may find yourself in transition. Maybe you're moving from one responsibility at work to another responsibility. Maybe you're moving from being a married couple to having children. Maybe you are moving from the process of moving from one church location to another church location. Maybe you are changing jobs. Maybe God is calling you to move you from the familiar to the unfamiliar, to move you from the known to the unknown, to the comfortable to the uncomfortable. Wherever your lot is, we're all in transition. Young people, as you transition from middle school to high school, uh, you may be going from there. And you see, all through life, life is about transitions. We all have them. Amen? Amen. This morning, as we look at this this morning, there's three tremendous truths that will help us as we go through transitions in our life. Number one is this. Remember this. Transitions are never easy. Can I get an amen? Transitions are never easy. Note with me, in Joshua 1, verse 1, it says this. God said, Moses, my servant is dead now think of the shock think of the emotional pain think of the confusion that pierced the hearts of the people when they heard the news moses the servant of the lord has died i'll tell you how it affected them. the bible tells us in deuteronomy that the sons and the daughters of israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days. It was a sad loss for the people of Israel. In their mind, they're thinking this, who but Moses could lead them? I mean, after all, for 40 years, he had given his life in freeing Israel from Egypt and training them to become a nation and leading them through a wilderness to the promised land. Now, God had used Moses to bring their cruel taskmaster, Pharaoh, to his knees. God used Moses to break the pride of Egypt. God used Moses to speak boldly to Pharaoh. And when Moses spoke, it was backed up with the authority and the power of God. And when Moses spoke, God's decree went out. It's an amazing time. God used Moses in implementing the Passover that is still celebrated today in the life of Israel. Think about this God used Moses in dividing the Red Sea as they crossed over on dry land. Remember, probably one of the most important things that Moses did? That God used Moses in giving the law, the Ten Commandments to the people on Mount Sinai. Now, think about this great leader that God has used in a mighty way and the transition that's taking place in the hearts of the people. Now, as human beings, this is how we think when things like this happen and things like you're going through in your life happen. This is how we think. Why must Moses die now when his country was within a day's march of the Promised Land? Wow. This doesn't make sense. You see, in their thoughts... Who but Moses had the faith? Who but Moses had the courage? Who but Moses had the experience to conduct the conquest of Canaan? Who? You see, who but Moses had the wisdom to divide the portions to the tribes? But God. But God. As great as the life of Moses was, God spoke these words to Moses. Moses. Listen to this, before he died, God had him go to, the, uh, to Pisgah, the mountain there, and as he gets up there, he says, Go to the mountain, lift up your eyes to the west, north, south, and east, and see it with your eyes, for you shall not cross over this Jordan. You know what God was telling him? Your destiny on earth has been fulfilled. You have fulfilled the purpose that I created you for. And yet now God commanded him to lead his people through the wilderness, and he had faithfully done so. He had completed his task, and yet a new era was beginning. Now how sad to lose Moses, but how exciting to anticipate the fulfillment of what? God's promise to possess the Canaan land, possess the promised land that God had for them. Now think about this. Transition is never easy. Emotionally, it is hard to accept the loss that changes bring. But hear me, there is a grieving process that we go through in order to move beyond our loss. In the grieving process, several things must be accomplished in order to possess the inheritance that we have in Jesus Christ. Now hear me, this is vitally important for you if you don't want to get stuck. And see, what happens, I find in life, is a lot of God's people are stuck. And the reason why they're stuck is because of what I'm getting ready to tell you this morning. It's very, very important. We must choose to identify, accept, and express our emotions, even as the Israelites did as they wept over the death of Moses for 30 years. Now watch this. We must choose to accept the reality of the loss, even as the Israelites eventually accepted the loss of Moses. We must choose to see both the good and the bad in the loss. Moses was a great leader, but his task has been completed. (laughs) Now in life, you you may be going through a transition where somebody has hurt you in life. They have harmed you in some way. And that transition in your life, we must choose to forgive those who have hurt or harmed us in any way. I'm mindful of this principle, that in my life, somebody very significant to me had a dear friend, a best friend, and no longer they wanted to be their best friend, they wanted to move on. And in that transition, I can promise you, it was not easy. It was very difficult. It was very, very hard. But watch this. This person had to decide they didn't want to allow their past to control their future. And it's so important for us. We must choose to learn from that situation, and we must grow from the loss. And watch this. Then we must choose to build new relationships. Amen? Now listen, when that starts happening in your life, young people, you know this when you go to uh, high school and from middle school to high school, you all of a sudden, you may have a friend that's been with you all this time. All of a sudden, that friend is no longer there. And now God's leading you to a place that's uncomfortable, that's unknown, and he's wanting to help you to build new relationships. New relationships. And that's what it's all about. Transition is not easy. But hear me. It is necessary in order for us to be conformed to the image of God's Son and to be used in a greater way in the hands of God. Amen? Now, I could spend the rest of our time just talking about transition, but I'm not. I want us to be able to move beyond just transition to let you see what God is up to. Now, one thing I've learned about transition, here's my second principle I want you to see here today. God always speaks to strengthen those who will listen as you go through transition in your life. Now, in in Joshua chapter 1, it says this, verse 1. Now, it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Now, I know this much about transitions. Transitions can weaken you at times, and at times it can give you a new vigor, a new vim, and a new vitality. And that's what God wants us to do. Now, in the transition period, Joshua must have felt very weak after weeping for 30 days. Now, you know, as I shared before, just weeping a night wears you out. Amen? Imagine weeping for 30 days. Joshua is very weak. And he is probably depleted with all his emotional and spiritual energy he had. And so what does Joshua need? What do we need when we're going through transitions in our life? We need God to speak to us. And God spoke to Joshua. And watch this. He said, Arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the sons of Israel. Now listen to me. Joshua, Joshua listened to the word of God spoken to him. And the word of God gave Joshua strength to replace his own weakness and gave Joshua the courage to obey his word. This is what's so special to me. The power of God's spoken word to a heart in transition. Now, it's an amazing thing. I believe we can see what Joshua was feeling. First of all, he was feeling a sense of inferiority. You know, here here this great man is, Moses. And Joshua has a word from God. Uh, Joshua, you're the man now. You're going to lead these folks. And Imagine the feeling of Joshua. I feel so inferior. I just don't feel like I can, I can do that. Because I'm inferior to Moses. Another feeling I believe that Joshua has, and we all have many times in going through transition, is not only a, a sense of inferiority, but a sense of, a about I'm, being, I'm in, incapable. I'm incapable. Not only do I feel inferior to Moses, but I feel incapable to lead these people. And then the third thing I believe he felt was a sense of inadequacy. I just don't have what it takes. I just don't have what it takes. I'm not like you know, Moses. Now watch this. This is what happens to all humanity for the most part. As they go through transition in life, when you're following somebody like Moses, this is what we think. In his mind, he is thinking, I am stepping into Moses' shoes. That's how we think. But hear me, that's not how God thinks. God never asks us to step in anybody else's shoes but our own. Now, I showed you last week the problem when you use somebody else's shoe, amen? It's not good. I mean, just imagine. I mean, think about it. If I if I asked little William here to come in and use my shoes to walk in, he, he, he would look like a clown, amen? Amen, William? Yeah, that's right. He said, yeah. But imagine me. Put my feet in his shoes. That would be even uglier, amen? I mean, it would be so tight, they just wouldn't fit. I mean, his shoe size and mine are a long way apart. And you see, Joshua, in his mind, he's thinking, I've got to fill the shoes of Moses. And God's saying, uh, I'm doing a new thing here, Joshua. And it's not about you putting your feet in Moses' shoes. It's not about you comparing yourself and you living up to Moses. I want you to be everything I created you to be. And I will put in you everything that Moses had that made him the man he was and the leader he was. And when he went through a transition of his life, I will be with you in this transition of your life. God is so good. And he covers all the bases in our lives if we'll but trust him. Now, he must have been afraid of failing because God speaks about that. You see, but God spoke to Joshua and said to Joshua, just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you. My friend, that's a word from God to you in your transition. Just as I have been with Moses, as I have been with Joshua, as I have been with Jesus, I will also be with you. Now you've got to listen to that, and if you listen to that, he will strengthen you in your spirit and allow you to face the transition with a sense of excitement and expectation instead of fear and doubt. Joshua must have felt the burden of loneliness when God asked him to step up to the position of leadership. But God spoke to Joshua and said, I will not forsake you. I will be with you. I will not forsake you. And Joshua listened and believed the word of God, and he felt the eternal presence and companionship of the living God. Now, church, hear me. God's word is powerful. I'm here to tell you, you need to get this. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, it says, God spoke those things which were not as though they were, and the world came into being. In Luke chapter 8, in verse 23 and following, God spoke to the hurricane winds and the tsunami waves, and when he spoke, the incredible storm calmed and it was like glass on the sea. It's amazing. In John chapter 11, verse 43, you find that God spoke after Lazarus had died and was laid in the tomb three days, and God spoke one, two, three words. Lazarus, come forth, and he was raised from the dead. You see, God wants us to understand that every word of his has been tested and that he will be your shield in your time of refuge in your life. His word. You see, are you in transition today? Your word is from God. And the Bible tells us as we meditate upon his word, we will know his will. And when we hear the Word of God, if we'll obey what the Word of God has spoken to our hearts to do, God will take care of everything else. That's the goodness of God. That's what He's about. Do you have ears to hear what God's speaking to you? You see, sometimes we had rather complain and criticize and moan and groan because we're having to go through a change in our life. Have we not all been there? Have we not all had our pity party? I remember, man, when I my eye was attached right now, I, I, I had six days pity party. I can tell you that. Me and God, I whined and whined and whined. And he said, you want some cheese with that wine you got going on over there? It is just bad. But God is so patient. He's so kind. He's so loving. And he wants the very best for us. But he knows that we cannot move forward if we're still looking back and living the life of what if and if only. You can't live there. You've got to move on because you've got to accept the fact of life. Transition is a part of life. And listen, you may be moving. From, listen, I've learned in life in jobs. You have a job today and tomorrow you may not have a job. Amen? And you're going through a transition. Now listen, if I spend all my time after losing a job, of sitting over here mad and criticizing and angry and upset and resentful because this has happened to me, I am only prolonging the beauty of what God has for me over here, because I will not move from over here in the past. And so God is trying to speak to our hearts. I don't know where you are in your transition, but God does. And he wants to strengthen you as he speaks to you through his word. So here's the question for you today. Here's the real acid test. Are you in the word? Are you living in the word of God? You see, God's not going to speak to somebody that's not in the word of God. And listen, you know what we have today? We have a lot of people going through life and they're looking at various signs in life and they say, this is God. And they claim it and say, hey, because this is God, I feel it. Hey, it's got to be God. And we don't line it up with the Word of God, and we wonder why we end up in a mess. And God is trying to bring us to the place where we quit living our life by feelings and impressions and start living life by the Word of God. And when you live by the Word of God, that will always keep you on the path that God has for you. You see, my feelings, listen to me, my feelings can't be manipulated, and so can yours. Amen? We've all been there. Now, here's the third and great principle as we go through transition. Oh, I love this. God desires to take us to greater heights, to greater things, and to greater pastures. That's what he's doing. You see, his plans are not to harm you. His plans are to give you a hope and a future. His plans are to prosper you. But you got to do it God's way. you got to do it God's way. There is no other way but God. You see, it's all about Him. It's not about us. And what I've learned in my life is not what I want. It's what He wants. That should direct our lives. And when we are seeking to know and to do what He desires, then this will happen. He will take us to greater heights. He will take us to greater things. He will take us to greater pastures. No, when he speaks to Joshua, he says, Arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them. Now, what land was God giving to them? In Deuteronomy, he says, God said, I have come down to deliver them in Exodus chapter 3 and to bring them up to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. And let me ask you this, a real easy question. What do you think's better, desert life or a land flowing with milk and honey? See, the transition was difficult, but God was using the transition to, what's this, to do greater things in their lives than he had ever done before as long as they trusted his spoken word. God, when God's people are called to a new place, they will have a new revelation of His love. This is what's so precious about God. When you're facing new dangers in your future, watch this, you're just setting yourself up for new protections in the future. You see, when you have new difficulties, God's going to bring new solutions from Him. You have new discouragements, but watch this, He will give you new encouragements. In your hour, in my hour of transition, remember, if you are weak, God will be your strength if you will listen to his word. In your emotional pain, God will be your comfort if you will listen to his word. In your confusion, God will be your confidence if you will listen to his word. Now, listen to me. If God has called you to a new work and you're afraid, God will be there to be your confidence if you'll listen to His word. If you are afraid of being lonely and completely following the Lord, God will be your companion, God will be your friend if you will only listen and believe His word. Are you in transition? Second, are you listening to the Word of God? Are you listening to the spoken Word of God? Hear me, unbeliever. God is calling you from spiritual death to spiritual life. To the believer... God is calling you from the wilderness experience to Canaan. land. Is God calling you to be a part of this church fellowship? If God is speaking to you, listen and obey. This is God's invitation to you. I want to strongly encourage you as you face transition in your life. Keep your eyes on the Lord. He is the one who will lead you in your transition in your life. I want to encourage you, church, with this as I close. I want you to know that we as a church are in a transition. And the future is exciting. And next week, you're going to hear about Vision 777. And I encourage you to be here and tell others about it, to be here. Everything will be unfolding, let you see. And it is very, very exciting. And I encourage you to come and be a part of what God is going to do in our future. Amen? Father, in Jesus' glorious name, I praise you and I exalt you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, I know that people in this place right now today are in transition. They're in transition at various different things in their lives. Whether it be from school or be at work and relationships or or whatever God I know that your hand is upon them and Lord that you wanted them to respond in faith and not in fear to respond with confidence and assurance and not in doubt so oh Holy Spirit may you minister to your people may they come to your altar so that they can be altered here today May they experience your grace and mercy today as never before. Holy Spirit, come. Breathe on us. Have your way. Set us free. Speak to us, O God. Let your spirit fall now, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.